Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Hear the word oyster. Your imagination might autofill in a flute of champagne, an ocean view. But an oyster feast in the Bay Area may be more likely to be a big multi-ethnic family barbecue or a binge on Taiwanese oyster omelets. Back to talk with us about these wonderful mollusks. We've got KQED food editor Luke Tsai, who joins us every two weeks to talk about the Bay's Unexpected Food Cultures. Welcome back to the show, Luke. Thanks so much for having me, Alexis. We also want to get your thoughts and memories about oysters. What's your favorite oyster memory? I remember my first oyster memory, which was being in Las Vegas, of all places, and my dad giving me my first oyster at maybe eight years old and thinking it was disgusting, but my dad loved them. So I had to eat them just to sort of like prove that I was worthy of love. Um, that's my favorite oyster memory. Uh, <laughs> what's yours? You can give us a call now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, of course, KQD Forum. You can also tell us, Do you think oysters just, like, feel too fancy for you? Number again, 866-733-6786. Luke, what about you? Are you, like, an oyster person? Like, did you grow up eating oysters? What's your relationship to them? Yeah, I I definitely did not uh, grow up eating them. You know, I I, I think I've talked about a lot of times. I grew up in a Taiwanese-Chinese immigrant family. Um, and we didn't really eat oysters. You know, there were a couple of preparations that I were I was familiar with, and they were um, more like cooked preparations. You know, you mentioned in the intro um, Taiwanese oyster omelets, and that that was something that I was familiar with as a really common um, street food um, that you would get in Taiwan. It's, it's sort of like Taiwan's answer to the hangtown fry. It's it's an omelet with with oysters. Um, tapioca starch. So it kind of gets this like extra viscous um, texture and it's topped with this sort of sweet and savory um, ketchup based uh, sauce. And it's, it's something that I, I liked. I, you know, I would eat at the night market, um, it, but you know, raw oysters on the half shell, you know, kind of the, that iconic vision of having oysters is not something that I really ever encountered or wasn't part of my life, despite having lived in in New England um, for a bunch of years. Um, And so it wasn't until I came to the Bay Area um, in my 30s that I was really introduced to that, you know, kind of that um, bracing, uh, briny slurp you know, yeah. um, and, and, and I just fell in love with them. You know, I think it's one of those foods where it, it somehow takes up no room whatsoever in your stomach. 
<laughs> you know, so I feel like I could eat I could eat like 30 or 40 of them. And it's as though I, I didn't eat anything. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, more than the oysters themselves, I think what I really fell in love with um, out here on the West Coast was the sort of very unique multi-ethnic oyster scene um, that you alluded to. And I think the best example of that and sort of how I was first introduced to it is that used to be able to drive up um, to Tamales Bay, um, mm-hmm. to the Tamales Bay Oyster Company. Um, and I think they, sh- you know, they shut down these picnic grounds a few years back um, by the county, but but they used to have these beautiful picnic grounds, you know, just on, on, on the water, um, picnic tables, grills, everything set up. And, you know, I think when I was younger, I had this perception of oysters, like it was this very fancy, um, very white, you know, maybe, maybe very French, um, kind of thing, you know, that, that you're just like, my... just guessing here, French, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that was like my perception of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I came out here and it was, it could not have been further from that, you know, you go out there and it's not at all, all, you know, white folks, like, like I imagined it would be instead, you know, you would, you would get up there, there'd be a line of cars parked along the high, all along highway one, you know, and you'd walk down to the picnic grounds and it would just be this scene of big multi-generational um, families, all, all, almost all folks of color, you know, it'd be uh, Latino families, uh, Filipino families, Vietnamese American families. Um, you know, we're talking four generations, you know, and, and Alexis, I think, you know, you, you, you probably are aware, you know, Mexican families, uh, Filipino families, uh, they take their cookouts seriously, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, they would have giant coolers, you know, just full of mm-hmm. marinated meats that they had brought to grill, um, big trays of, you know, rice or, or noodles or, or lumpia, um, you know, and somewhere in the background, mom or dad would be, you know, just shucking away, you know, shucking yeah. oysters the whole time. Um, and it was just, just this beautiful, beautiful scene that sort of encapsulate everything I love um, about the Bay Area. That's awesome. Let's bring in our first oyster memory, Ashley in San Francisco. Welcome to the show. Hey, Alexis. Thanks hey, for having me. Doing? Yeah, of course. Hi, good. This, this is my first forum uh, experience. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> um, so I was thinking right when you said it, I said I have to call because. Um, I, so a few years ago, we were just up at a, uh, you know, a little vacation spot up in Mendocino and the friends were grilling. You know, I heard that they picked up oysters nearby and they were putting them on the grill. And I was, you know, I'm originally from the Midwest and it's not a common dish. You know, the lakes, uh, we don't get them too often around there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, (laughs) you know, with the friends, I said, fine, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. Let's get, let's see how it goes. So I went out. And cooked we or raw? This is going to be cooked or raw? You're going to eat a raw one here? Uh, yeah. Well, it, it was on the grill, so I oh, think oh, it's oh. raw. And then they were having, yeah. And they put it on the grill. And then, um, as you know, if you if you remember, on the grill, they kind of scream. You know, they make this, like, very weird noise. And so, um, oh, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so I was a little concerned, you know, I was like, what have I got myself into here? And then as they grilled, grilled them up, um, open up the grill and I took a shot of one of the first ones I've ever tried with a little bit of Worcestershire sauce. And it was actually very yummy. So it was very positive. It went a little, it was a little concerning at first, 
But then it turned into a very positive experience. <laughs> I mean, there is nothing about cracking open an oyster and looking at it that is not a little bit concerning as far as I'm concerned. I, lo- yeah. I actually do love them now as an adult. But man, even sometimes, you know, they'll come to you like you order them in a, in a restaurant. You look down at that plate and it takes a moment for me to be like, yes, this is a thing humans eat, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you uh, so much for that uh, for that memory, Ashley. I think the, share, share that with a, a lot of people, actually. Um, appreciate that. I want to bring in Danny Perello, uh, he's the owner of Rocky Island Oyster Company in Richmond. Welcome, Danny. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. So you've got an oyster company. You, What do you think is the kind of big difference between opening up an oyster company like in Richmond and doing it, you know, in San Francisco or, or somewhere back east? Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, I, I was relatively new to Richmond when we opened Rocky Island and I've just been like so pleasantly surprised by the incredibly diverse clientele that's come out to the to the oyster bar because you know I'm used to working in restaurants in San Francisco and I work in some oyster bars back east in Boston and they were a little bit more on the upscale side and the clientele was was more in the line of what Luke had kind of conceived of the people that would go out to to oyster bars which is what I was kind of expecting but we really just get like such a diverse spectrum of people coming out to the oyster bar and it, and it's like pretty much like uh it's it's everybody but the silicon valley crowd basically <laughs> which which was which was really cool not that they're not welcome but like it was really cool and you know everybody has their own really unique um nostalgic connection to oyster culture um mm-hmm. that's probably very different than mine yeah. And we're hearing from our listeners, what's your favorite oyster memory? Is it Tamales Bay, buying your own, bringing them somewhere like Ashley in San Francisco the first time you had them grilled? Give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can get in touch. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, of course. You know the email address. It's for at kqbd.org. Um, Danny, question for you. A listener tweets, sure. I love raw oysters, but my hands can no longer open the shells. Cooking them doesn't appeal to me so much, but they'll open on their own, you know, if you if you grill them. Can you sell this listener on the idea of grilled oysters with a recipe that preserves the briny goodness? I mean, honestly, it, it was kind of it was new because I'm, I'm from back in in Boston and I'm used to just eating them raw. Um, and so coming out to the West Coast and trying the barbecued oysters, it was it was up at Marshall's store in Smallest Bay. The barbecued oysters with chorizo just blew my mind. Um, and I, as soon as I went back to Boston, I cooked it for my friends. I threw some barbecued oysters on the grill. They popped right open. We didn't have to shuck them. At that time, I was a horrible shucker. I still, I'm still not great. But I, I just threw them on the grill. They popped right open. Scoop a little chorizo in there. And it's just a, a, a whole different ball game. Um, and we at the restaurant, we do the same thing. We do it with garlic, garlic and herb butter. It's super simple um to make and we shuck them first uh just because it's a little bit easier and quicker um but but yeah you can put those guys right on the on the grill there and and they'll they'll eventually they'll pop open for you and and you know people do all kinds of different barbecued oysters uh different flavors out here that i've seen but um but yeah just a little bit of that chorizo butter or garlic herb butter um and you're gonna have a pretty good time Let's bring in another uh, listener, uh, Chard Mo from San Francisco. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for hey, having me good, on good. here. Hey, good, good. Yeah, Lincoln. absolutely. Tell us your uh, tell us your memory. Well, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, and my best friend growing up was my neighbor. They had a place 
just out of the south of St. Augustine, and it's called Summer Haven. And my buddy and I, just like I think you were saying, you're like, Dad liked them, and so you had to try them. And yeah. Found them pretty yeah, that's me. Except if you coat it all enough with Ritz crackers and cocktail sauce and some crystal, then you're like, then you're, then you're golden. I can eat them all day long. Of course, I don't know if I'm filling up on hot sauce and crackers more so than oysters, but it was like, you know, it was, that was what we did to get by. But my first, like, really sticking in my head memory is that at low tide at Summerhaven, we would take this tiny little boat that had a two-horsepower engine that my friend and I were maybe eight years old each. We have to carry it between the two of us, put it on the boat, and then we go at low tide over to the oyster bed, and we would sit there with each a sleeve of salty and crackers and some cocktail sauce and some hot sauce and just shuck them open and eat them, like, right there at low tide. Wow. On the, in the boat, just like in your little tiny boat, eating them right out of the water. Well, we would run the boat up on the sand and then go into the bed in our, like, rubber boots and just sitting there in our, like, bathing suits. Just, oh, you know, like, eight-year-old kids doing that. <laughs> that is awesome. What a great memory. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing that with us uh, here. Appreciate that. Um, wanted to note, this is a fundraising period for KQED Public Radio. Uh, for more information on how to support KQED, all you have to do, you probably know this already, but go to kqed.org. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Help support us. Uh, Danny, wanted to come back to you to talk a little bit about oyster varieties. And Luke, feel free to, to chip in on this one if you want to as well. Um, I have to say, Kumamoto's, I think, are my favorite. Is that West Coast or East Coast? I'm never actually sure. Those are West Coast, and that's actually like a Japanese uh, variety. Um, they're not uh, native to California, um, but they are pretty common out out here. Um, and they're, they're the little guys, right? They're, they're, right, they're the little guys. Super, super small, but deep cup and plenty of meat in there. And you're going to get your, like your classic West coast, like, um, Melanie, uh, oyster, um, that for me coming from the East coast was a whole, like a completely different, um, oyster experience than I'm used to. And they're, they are actually a different species. Um, so that makes sense. But, um, but yeah, the Kumamoto's are the, are the classic out here. And then there's the Kushis, which are, uh, mm. they've, they've taken the Kumamoto's and bred them to be a little bit larger, um, which is also another like Japanese uh, variety of oyster. Yeah. But you're an East Coast oyster guy, right? I mean, is that still your preference sure, or have we converted I you? I sure am. You, you know, you've definitely converted me on, on a bunch of, uh, a bunch of things like the Dungeness crabs. I'm a huge fan. I love barbecued oysters. But if we're eating oysters on the half shell, I got to go with uh, oysters from New England, Um, like oysters from specifically from Cape Cod, Wellfleet, um, Island Creek in Duxbury, Massachusetts. Um, For my money, they're the best oysters in the world. And at this point, you'd be really hard pressed to convince me otherwise. (laughs) Luke, what about you? Luke, are you are you a West Coast oyster guy like myself or East Coast like Danny? Yeah, I mean, I I love um, you know, I love those like very like sort of sweet um West Coast oysters, but but I I you know, I I don't I don't you know, I'm 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 mixed, you know, like I I went out to Rocky Island, you know, uh D- Danny's restaurant, you know, and he, he's right now he's selling all East Coast oysters, you know, and it was kind of a a, a revelation to me, you know, like they just um they just have this like really deep briny um, kind of flavor uh, that I find really enjoyable. Like they, they felt a little bit, 
I don't know, heftier to me. Is that, is that, does that, seem, does that, <laughs> yeah, does that sound absolutely. accurate? Is that accurate, Danny? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, let's bring in some more callers. Phones. You guys got a lot of oyster memories out there. Um, Denise from San Jose. Welcome. Hey, thanks for taking my call. First time caller. Um, I have to say I grew up on the West Coast. I never really got the oyster thing. Every couple years, I would try it. I'd be out with friends. They'd say, oh, these are amazing. Let's get a dozen. I just never got it until this past New Year's Eve. And a friend brought, um, you know, 10 dozen oysters from Starboard Mariculture in Tomales Bay Mm -hmm. and um, explained that rather than being grown at the bottom, like most oysters, these oysters are suspended in the water column, uh, you know, from a barge and, you know, that they never touch the mud, basically. And I tasted these things and I tell you, they changed my life. Um, I, I and now, you know, I'm willing to, like, revisit some other oysters. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe my taste changed over the years, but I don't think so. These no. things, uh, they were revolutionary i don't know if you've tried these oysters that are suspended in the water column but uh maybe as an east coast yeah. guy maybe they'll change your mind i don't know but uh yeah i'm here for it yeah culture in tamales bay wow that's thanks all I have so much for that denise um i'm gonna try to get to uh one more caller here uh leslie in half moon bay leslie what's your story hi um my story is very romantic because my husband wooed me with oysters coquille. He would bake oysters coquille for me. We lived in Arcata. He wasn't my husband then, but he worked at an oyster farm in Eureka, Coast Oyster, and they'd go out and um, collect the oysters, spike the, the oyster fields and collect oysters and uh, grill them on the, uh, the boat's engine. <laughs> and eat them out there in the bay while they collected the oysters. And then he, he would all, always bring a whole load of oysters home to, or to my house to cook, and he made oysters coquille because oh, he used to work in a French restaurant. Yeah. And the rest was history. That was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love, the rest I love was that. History. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, uh, Leslie. Uh, Danny Prello of Rocky Island Oyster Company in Richmond, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks, Come man. by for some oysters. Absolutely. And uh, Luke Sai, is there anything you want to add about oysters? I just wanted to say, you know, if you aren't sold on raw oysters, um, th- the Bay Area has so many. I mean, another way to exp- explore the multi-ethnic Bay Area is there are so many awesome different preparations of cooked oysters that you can try. You know, from from the oyster omelets, you know, Taiwan porridge and Cupertino has a really great version. Um, the Japanese fried oysters, um, like the, the kaki fry, you know, my favorite spot in Berkeley is this place called Fish and Bird that does a great version. Um, and I think we should also give a shout out to um, the Louisiana style po'boys, oyster po'boys, you know, because there's such a, a deep history of um, black oystermen in Louisiana. Um, and again, I'll, I'll shout out my favorite spot in San Francisco, Queens, Louisiana, Po' Boy. Um, just so generous and not a lot of other nonsense besides Beautiful. the oysters in it. We've been talking about oysters in the Bay Area with KQED food editor Luke Sai. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio. 
the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.